This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found on Gadget Geek show number 488, recorded on April 29th, 2021. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here. Mike, we got out for a walk today, a sunny and a high of 75. I think that's a song. Pretty nice. These are the, the best days in the world in Nebraska, right? You have to take advantage. I worked from the back patio all day today. I sat out there and just worked away and i was like you know what it's too nice to be sitting in my basement working when i could be in my backyard when when you go out to work do you just take a laptop is that all you do or do you yeah yeah i have to kind of be in that mode of okay i need to uh, so i do my tasks in the morning that require two monitors and then i'm okay i got my one monitor task or just some some straight meetings that i can do from the back patio yeah i see i can't i'm, I'm pretty spoiled with the monitor setup here and so I feel like I need kind of a monster setup on the deck too. So I've been thinking about getting an outdoor TV to put underneath. We've got a a garden window that comes out of the back of the kitchen and man, it is screaming for a TV down there. And then, you know, I could probably set up a little something to, you know, kind of work off that thing. And definitely I got the little DeWalt table that is there. The all season DeWalt table that I got, you know, during the pandemic for 90 bucks or whatever it was. I think it was cheaper than that, maybe 70. And uh, yeah, I just feel like for those kinds of days, we just don't get them. I mean, in the next couple of weeks, the bugs will be out, right? And it just won't be as pleasant. Yeah. And and for my work, we move into our new headquarters next month. So we're back in the office full time. So I'm really trying to take advantage of this, you know, the last month for me of work from home. Yeah. And I think we go back at Gallup, we're talking about going back kind of on a more regular basis. And we still have a hybrid situation. You can kind of you know, they, they, they don't dictate everybody has to do anything, but they're kind of encouraging us back Labor Day, is the, which is September here in the United States. Right. So they're in, kind of encouraging. That's a good time. Get through the summer, get back in, get yeah. back in the office. So, you know, I did, I took my, the big monitor back in. So that's it. It's nice. I'm kind of set up in both places now. Uh, the studio there is not completely done. Um, it was done, but... There was a panel that was wrong, and so I've been waiting for the new panels. They're printing me some bigger panels. They have a big 3D printer that they use. Oh, cool. No, that's not a 3D. It's a fabric printer, and they so they print up these big panels for me, and uh, for whatever reason, it's just taking forever, and the current panels are hanging off the wall, so I'm not going to go in there to record just yet, um, but yeah, we're, we're headed that way for sure, and, uh, and I think... These are the in Nebraska, and for for maybe a lot of folks, these the early spring is just the best. No bugs. The weather's great. I mean, tonight would have been a great night. I should have done live from the deck because we should have. Yeah, the grass is really green. Oh, I know. You feel like yeah. the grass hero. You're like, oh, my lawn is so great. Yep. Yeah, I did nothing. You and you didn't earn any of it because it's just a spring, right? It's that season where even after you mow, like, yeah, you're right. I haven't done anything, but I mowed and it's just all level and looking just lush and amazing. Green and and great. Uh, of course, what also looks green and great is the show notes. So if you want to head out to the average guy. You, gotta, you had to get back to that somehow. Head out to the average guy.tv and, uh, and check those out. Tonight, there won't be a ton. 
Uh, but, you know, it helps if you visit the site every once in a while. And this, of course, is HGG488. Uh, big thanks to those who've joined us over at Coinbase. And, Mike, I feel like we just kind of keep coming back to crypto. But it's getting more and more popular if you want to yeah. join us on Coinbase. Head out to the averageguy.tv slash Coinbase uh, on your first purchase or trade of $100 or more. Uh, you'll make an extra 10 and uh, and I get 10. And so uh, a great way to get in if you haven't done crypto yet. A great way to get kind of introduced to it. Mike, have you been following uh, Coinbase went public, right? Have you been following that? I did. Yeah. I mean, just, just not meeting expectations. But, you know, for a company like Coinbase, their valuation out the gate was extremely inflated. I and mean, I think we mentioned this on a show before, but when you ask them what their, you know, their customer base is, they say essentially anyone with a cell phone, um, which is a little lofty. I think I think you could ask any tech company what their um, expected yeah. customer base is, and they could say that. So uh, overall, I, you know, I, I'm not fully up to date. I was, I was watching it out the gate when they went public. I haven't really kept up with it too much. Um, it's yeah. It, yeah, it's it is what it is. It's a tech company going public nowadays, and and that's what that entails. Is sometimes it's very overinflated on valuation. I'm a big valuation nerd, though. I love different valuation methodologies, how they think through it. So uh, we could nerd on that, nerd out on that for a few hours, but I'll, I'll spare you guys the gory details. Didn't seem like it rocketed out the gate. In fact, it came out and went down right initially. Correct. Yeah, stayed pretty pretty steady. Yep. Um, but. Uh, okay, that doesn't mean anything about getting in there. The average guy.tv slash Coinbase, if you want to jump in there and get that done. Uh, John Biggs contacted me. We talked about Bittrex, B I T T R E X. We talked about that last week, and he was kind enough to go, Hey, you got a referral code for that out there? And I'm like, I hadn't even thought of that. So I went out, and uh, sure enough, there's a referral code that's out there. And uh, if you want to trade on Bittrex, it's another one. Uh, I like it's the other kind of the other exchange that I have. Uh, and so if you want to, if you want to try it, the average guy.tv slash Bittrex, Mike, you want to add anything to that? Well, I was going to say great exchange for web based on a computer. Their mobile app is, you know, could, could be better. So really? it depends oh. on what your plat. Yeah. And like the, it doesn't align up with the screen size very well. Um, so if, if you are on the computer, I love Bittrex. That's my main one, but Binance, if I'm going to do it on the phone, I use Binance. Binance. And there's also referral yeah. codes there. So yeah, yeah. Binance.us. If you have an old Binance account like we did, um, you need to now sign up for a Binance.us account for all yeah, the regulations. Yeah, i probably get that done. I moved things out of there just before they closed out for the US. And then of course, uh, um, uh, so I, haven't, I have not opened a new account. Yeah. But if you want to join us on Bittrex, again, no pressure. I don't want you doing anything crazy. But the average guy.tv slash uh, Bittrex, B I T T R E X, will get you there. And if you do anything crazy, let us know. We'd love to hear those fun stories too. Yeah, so no, I would, don't want you to do anything crazy. But if you do and you have a fun story, let us know. I would, I would love to hear, you know, a bunch of you uh, joined us on Coinbase with that. And I, I'd love to hear a little bit about what you've done. The market's kind of settled down a little bit, it's gotten kind of flat. I mean, it's been pinging up and down in certain ranges, but no gigantic sweeps uh, from that standpoint. So, 
We'd love to hear. Join join us in the Discord group for this. This would really be good. Mike, do we have a crypto group in there? I think we do, don't we? We don't. I was actually gonna when I was posting about Safe Moon, which we might talk about later. I was gonna, I was yeah. looking for our crypto section, and we don't have one. I don't know if we deleted it after a while. Uh, um, so I put it in general. But if right. enough people want one, we can create one. But I think just put it in general for now. Yeah, let's get started with that way. The Average Guy TV slash Discord. If you want to join us uh, in the conversation, a big thanks to our Patreon subscribers as well. Appreciate you guys uh, doing the doing the de- the deed, so to speak, every single month, and uh, and appreciate that we are coming up here towards the end of the month, and with it being April 29th, uh, those will hit uh, first part of May. Thanks for your support and what we do here, and, and appreciate that, uh, Mike. Over the next two weeks, pretty excited for uh, who's coming on. Uh, next week, uh, Mark Robson's coming on. It's the big barbecue show. I will buy. Okay. Uh, so it's not a big, but I will buy an instant read thermometer next week on Mark's recommendation. I was really hoping you were going to say a pellet smoker. I, that's where I thought you were going with that one. <laughs> uh, I can't, I'm having to try a hard time pulling the trigger. Instant read is a requirement though. So well, I have busted the two that I have. I broke and then Sarah bought one. Should be careful. It's a piece of junk. It's just terrible. It just it takes a month for you know, and your hands burned off by the time that you've you've done right. it. Now, I've got some fancy other things. I've got the meter, and I've got some other things along those lines. But I need for especially in the house and for quick stuff cooking, I need an instant read. So Mark's going to walk me through, and that will get purchased next week. If you're in that boat and you're thinking about buying one, we'll talk a bunch about that before we buy. I'm in the market for a new one too, so yeah, I, I might be ordering that as well. Not a terribly expensive, uh, a, 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 not like a $900 tele, right. tele smoker. Uh, and so if you want to join us uh, next week, Mark is coming on. And then uh, I was recently on the reset of Reset. So Dave McCabe over at Reset.fm has, uh, you know, he's been gone for a while. He recorded, we did a recording back in, I think February, it was, I think it was Groundhog Day when we did that. And uh, that even took a while for him to get out. But um, he, uh, I got a chance to interview. It's just a fun, every time I'm on with Dave, it's a lot like hanging out with you, Mike. It's just a ton of fun. Yeah. And so if you haven't, uh, if you've, if you kind of, um, you know, deleted your subscription or walked away from reset, maybe a good time to come back, interview with Mike and I catching up. I had just bought the M1. And no, it hadn't even arrived yet. I had bought it, but it was coming. I think we interviewed on Wednesday or Tuesday and it came on Wednesday or Thursday, something like that. And so Mike, it was fun to go back and listen to what I said in those days about what I was going to do. We're just talking about multi OS, you know, kind of having a, a ubiquitous approach to the OS and the browsers and just being able to get to every, I'm not sure I used the word ubiquitous, right? But um, the, the, it sounded good though, didn't it? We'll accept it. Yeah. Okay. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take it. So um, uh, fun. So if you haven't checked that out yet, head out to reset.fm or just search reset on any podcast app and uh, you'll hear uh, yours truly with Dave McCabe uh, catching up with, with Dave. And I think he's got another couple interviews planned. So you want to get that out there um, and do that as well. Mike, uh, we got a great voicemail. You can do this by sending it or by uh, jumping over to homegadgetgeeks.com. Go to the bottom right-hand corner. There's a little microphone. Leave us a 30-second message. And uh, Kyle's got a message for us. I think you're going to like it. So listen in. Hey, this is Kyle Wilcox. I got a question about uh, mining and cryptocurrency. 
Uh, sometimes I'll hear people say that a certain graphics card is not uh, profitable to mine with anymore. Um, but I guess I'm just wondering, like, if that pro card is profitable at 60000 but not profitable at 20000 but if I was mining the whole time at 20000 and now at 60000 does it make the past time that I was mining profitable again? I don't know. Uh, those people he's referring to are us, <laughs> I think. Uh, Mike, you want to take a shot at that question? Yeah, and there, there's a few things at play here. So there's a few reasons a card may not be profitable. Um, number one, it's just a really old card and its processing power essentially is not effective enough for the energy it uses to mine effectively. That's number one. Those cards, uh, you're, you're likely not going to make enough anyway to make it worth it. Um, even if the price were to drastically increase, probably not going to be worth your time. Um, number two is you may not have enough memory on that card to support the different algorithms that you need to mine, right? We talked about this with Jim's case. Um, nowadays, you need at least a six gig card to mine most of the algorithms. So when Jim turns on his three gig 1060, um, the algorithms he can do are much less profitable. Yep, right there. Then I have a 1060 as well, but my 1060 is a six gig and it can still do, you know, Dagger Hashimoto uh, algorithm for Ethereum and it, it can be pretty effective. Now, what, what, what Kyle brings up is a really good point, though. And the idea here is, okay, so let's just say I turn on my card and I don't care about profitability. And as of today, I'm paying more in electricity costs than the coin is worth. But if that coin goes up in price in the future, did I make money? Um, you know, there's, there's two trains of thought here. Yeah, sure. Go for it is one of them, right? Like you, you know, mine, cause all you're paying is your electricity bill and you can monitor that and you know what you're paying electricity and, and that's one way to do it. However, if it's, if it's less profitable, it really means that you could be going out and spending that same money in electricity and getting more coin. So if you were to quote unquote, do it the, the, the right way at that point, you would just throw in cash that day and buy that coin for what it's worth because essentially it's saying you paid more in electricity in cash that day than you made in the coin. Um, so really you would have been better off just paying cash, buying the coin at that point than worrying about. And plus that's not even taken into consideration wear and tear on whatever hardware you're doing that on, right? So number one, you're wearing out your card. Number two, you're paying more than you should be for what you're getting in that coin. Because uh, you got to think when you're paying electricity, that cost is fixed and the coin is way down here. So you could have paid less cash, got the same amount of coin and got it. So that's really my mentality on it is anytime it's not profitable, I don't mind. I do get the concept of it's just kind of an easy way to be getting into crypto without technically putting in cash all the time. So sometimes I think of it more as a mental game, right? This is like a mental thing of, well, I'm not really putting in cash. Like I'm not really invested because it comes out of my electricity bill and that just comes out of my bank account every month and i really don't see it anyway um so i think it's more of a mental game i think jim and it, you know, agree disagree with that no i agree you know you you bought when i had all four of these running it raised my you know energy costs 50 to 100 dollars a month and you know that i could have just been investing that it's you know, depending on how you look at it, if you want to be yeah. earth friendly, <laughs> it's not necessarily the best way to be earth friendly. Right. Uh, from that from that perspective, you know, I've got four of the three gig 1060 cards that I'm showing here. And so um, two of them are in a box. I took these two out of the Chia mining box because I 
needed the uh, the PCI slots for hard drive cards that were going in. I kind of go back and forth, Mike. They're great cards to just keep around because they drive monitors really, really well. They you know? do. And like, mm-hmm. I would buy one of those from you today because actually in my Unraid box, I run my 1060 and it mines. But then when Plex needs a transcode, it uses as well and my mining power goes down. Now they work great together. The mining goes down, the Plex does the transcode, but I would love two cards in my Unraid box. One, it would be a three gig 1060 dedicated just to Plex for transcoding. Um, and then, you know, the other card is just straight mining all the time. So yeah, yeah, different things there. And I'll bring, I, and I think I'll bring it, one over, it, man. Like, yeah, that'd we'll, be fun. We'll figure, we'll figure it out, you know. We'll make a deal. Maybe, maybe it's a beer deal or something like that. Right? Uh, hey, I'm always down for the beer deals. Uh, it's it's always it's always good to do that. But it, it's a good it's a good thing to start thinking about because it really gets you around the concept of really what is mining, how is that working. I will say, and I've mentioned this on past shows, if you've done mining in the past and the profitability, the energy cost, you were worried about wear and tear on the card. The nice hash quick miner now, the the whole efficiency setting that it runs, the one click where it just really powers down the card, this thing is using, you know, less than half the energy it would normally use at full throttle, still going full throttle and giving me great mining performance. So wear and tear on the cards is definitely not a concern anymore, uh, for me at least. And the power efficiency is really, really good. So if you've had an old card that is, you know, six gig and above, I'd say turn it on and just and just see. Uh, I've got two cards. The 1060 six gig is actually in Unraid. And so that's not able to be as efficient because it's just running on a T uh, Rex miner in a Docker. So that one is not optimized at all. Um, but my 1660 uh, super is optimized in my gaming rig decks we're, we're talking on right now. And uh, overall, I think my price fluctuates anywhere from, you know, four to $6 a day. Mm-hmm. I would say total between those two cards, which for me, that's my fun money with crypto. So every time I get to the payout amount on NiceHash, I take that and I put it into coins that I want to have some fun with, right? That's your Dogecoin. That's your safe coin. Uh, keep it and keep some of it in Bitcoin. But uh, for me, that's really kind of my my slush fund, if you want to say, right? Because again, mental game. Yes, I did pay for that crypto. I need to remember that I paid an electricity cost. Yeah. Um, but in my head, it wasn't it wasn't cash out of my bank account. So I, I consider that kind of fun. Move it around, play with some different cryptos. Well, and it's not a direct energy to cost, you know, energy to coin cost. You're probably making a little more on that than you paid for the energy. So. For sure, especially in today's market, right? Mm-hmm. With the prices going up, you know, you are you are making money. If the you don't wait too up. long on that either, because that as the more people get into that, the harder it gets to do it. I mean, you got to kind of be fast on some of these things, otherwise you kind of miss out on the optimal times as everybody's doing it gets a little less profitable. Everybody kind of starts gaming the system to figure some things out. So if you've, I certainly like you don't, I don't think you want to go out and buy equipment today to get this done. If you've got it sitting around, no. Joe, Joe makes a good point. He says, you know, in the United States in the n- Northern hemisphere, it's summer. Do you really want to be running heat machines in the house and then cooling the house? That's kind of a double whammy. You're paying for the energy to, to get, you know, the coin and you're paying for the energy to cool that, to kind of cool it down. The winter, it makes a little more sense. You know, you just got to kind of think, kind of think through those things. Yeah. I mean, but for me, for two cards, 150 extra dollars a month to have some fun with crypto, you know, you get three months into that and you got, you know, 
450 bucks that you've been playing around with just for fun. So uh, it is a, it is a decent way to have some money. Yeah. If you got an extra graphics card, or if you're like me, really the card that does the most performances in this machine and uh, it runs when I'm not using it, even when I'm using it, as long as I'm not doing anything like gaming on it, uh, it still runs. I know some of the guys in discord have been talking back and forth about trying to get a hold of GPUs today, which is, still ne- next to impossible yeah uh just because of this um mike it's interesting i wonder when you know i mentioned last week uh i i could see a potential shortage in hard drives we've been uh ken and i have been working on this chia project and it's going gangbusters it just yesterday went to an exabyte so from wow. a terabyte petabyte a thousand petabytes is an exabyte right oh and it just, well, 1,024. Uh, it just hit the exabyte. And you're thinking, oh, that's, I mean, that's a an exabyte of plot files that are, like, doing nothing, to yeah. be honest, right? They're just all they're there for. And, you know, yeah, it's, um, it's a but lot. Very of- power efficient. Oh, for like sure. Extremely empowered. Yeah. That's what I love about proof of capacity. I don't know if that's the, if they're yeah. still quote yeah. unquote calling it that. Proof of but storage, proof of space. Yeah. I don't think it's yeah. going to settle down on that. An extremely, because think about it. Um, if you guys haven't got into mining and different algorithms, essentially it's the difference of my CPU needing to run all these calculations to try and find the best answer or your CPU does that once stores all the answers on as much hard drive space as you give it. And then the only processing power that's needed is, Hey, let me look through all of my storage. It's like going through a library. Let me see if I have the right answer to this question. And so it's a scan of the hard drives instead of computational CPU power, which is, you know, when you think of everyone's problem with Bitcoin right now is the energy cost of, of how expensive it is and how bad it is for the environment. Um, I really like proof of capacity. I hope it goes somewhere. So I, I like hearing that these sort of projects are are getting a lot of backing because I, I hope something like that uh, really becomes popular and mainstream. Well, we'll have an update um, May third. They go. They have an announcement about you know going live on an exchange, quite possibly, or you can start. They've they have a, not allowed any trading so far on the blockchain. So it's just been mining only. And, uh, and I think, I think May 3rd, the update goes in that allows you to start kind of trading and then prices start kicking in. So it'd be interesting to see where this goes. I got a hundred or 125, I think 125, let's just say, um, of those coin in this process It at an exabyte. Now, listen, I started doing this. Ken got me in on this early, like day one, like we were mining. Well, we had been plotting since last October and and got everything ready and then we're there on day one most of the coin that i got was in the first two weeks <laughs> and then it went from i mean i think on launch day it was f- um 50 petabytes maybe and then quickly went to 100 and then it went to wow. 500 and then went to it you know um so it's been it's been uh it's been growing like crazy and um you know i got 80 terabytes in there and there's gigantic players in the space. It's too late. Somebody contacted me and was like, Hey, should we get in? I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> right. It's, it's just too late. Um, we're going to talk about what's this coin that, uh, that you safe that moon, safe yeah. moon. Yeah. Safe moon. We're going to talk about it here at the end of the show. The first question I had, I saw it in the discord was like, 
how long has it been out? Because at some point, if you're not an early adopter, you miss about on. a month. Yeah, about a month. So if you're if you're curious, and we're going to talk about is it a scam or is it not a scam? Yeah, Ooh, yeah. a little teaser. Okay, at the end of the show, <laughs> um, Mike, you have been you mentioned a couple uh, last week or a couple weeks ago. You've been watching F1 stuff on yeah. on Netflix to get all the way through it. Yeah, I did. Um, for those of you who aren't caught up, uh, I'm a massive Formula One fan now. Thanks to Formula One Drive to Survive, the show on Netflix. Um, you know, I'll preface that by I am not a motorhead. You know, by that, like I'm not. I've I've always loved like my extended family is really into racing. My wife's side of the family is really into dirt bike racing, things like that. So they got me into it, but it's nothing I grew up with. Um, have never been into NASCAR for some reason. Just never really uh, was something I was into. Watch this show, Formula One Drive to Survive. If you need a new show, watch it on Netflix. Fantastic show. Goes through Formula One. First of all, I didn't know how big Formula One was. Really, it's like the second biggest sport in the world behind soccer. Um, Second, it covers not only just all the complexity with these cars, but the drama behind the drivers and the teams and how all of it works. So really exciting. But to bring it back to kind of an average guy perspective, the level of technology in these cars, Jim, is like fascinating. Their steering wheel is essentially an iPad on steroids. I mean, their steering wheel alone is giving them a massive amount of data. It's got a big screen on it. And then all of the stuff with their car, all the electronics, their uh, DRS, their things that allow them to go into like overtake mode. Every little thing on these cars can be controlled electronically through their steering wheel. And not only that, the thing I'm impressed with is all of that data is real time being streamed to the, to the pit, right? To, so the, the, these guys' team is monitoring that data. And as soon as something goes wrong in that car, they're asking the, the pit crew, you know, what's wrong. And like, okay, your brakes a little bit off on this or that. And they're, they're so accurate, the radios between the two. Um, and then what that gives to the fan experience is really intriguing to me because as a fan now, uh, obviously I dove in so deep. I'm paying the $9 a month to be on uh, formula one TV and when you watch these races, you have access to the radio, all a lot of the metrics on their timing and everything. And it is just fascinating to watch. And what I learned in watching this was Formula One is it, there's a lot of tech in this, but it's not the most technological race. There is actually um, now, and I, I'm going to butcher the name. I don't even know what it's called. It's like essentially e-racing. There are these race cars now that are Formula One cars on all batteries. Um, so, so, and so they're fully electric racing, like formula one style. And it just, one of those things, Jim, that I don't know, it's one, when you have that moment where, how did I not know this existed, right? Like, why have I not gotten into this before? Like I just had, I've seen formula one. I honestly confused it with IndyCar. Like I didn't really know the difference. Uh, and, and after watching this show, it's just one of the coolest things to watch. And and I and I really enjoy it. And I think from a tech angle, as a viewer, as a fan, really cool the insights you get live while you're watching this race. And I think it, Jim, we talked a lot during the pandemic about the NBA, NHL, MLB, and what they were doing technologically to get the more get the fans engrossed in it. Um, they all need to look at F1 because F1 didn't need the pandemic to do that. They're like, yeah, we know like fans love data, all the cool ins- insights. They want access to the radios between the cars. Um, that's what they love about it. So I, I just I found it fascinating. I'm sure for all of you race fans out there, whether it's NASCAR, IndyCar, Formula One, you're like, yeah, old news, Mike. 
Um, but again, this is another thing that Mike discovers late in life, but just extremely intriguing. And the Netflix show does a fantastic job of welcoming in newbies. I think even the the fans that have been around for years loved it because it showed the behind the scenes, the drama that's created between these uh, cars. I thought for some, you know, if you're on a team, there's 10 teams in formula one. I'm like, if you're on a team, you're, 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 there's two racers per team. Like that guy's your, your teammate. And no, like they are competing because those guys are in and out of those seats. They'll fire them, hire them. And so those guys are competing and actually your teammate is your worst competition because you have the exact same car. So there's no excuse. I'm like, oh, my car is not as fast as Ferrari or my car is not as fast as McLaren. Um, you're driving the same car. So I, I don't know. Just something I've been going down the rabbit hole of, Jim. And I just, I the technology is really, really cool. Yeah, no, it's super cool when you see. And I think we're going to kind of continue to see. And I don't know much about this, so I could be speaking totally out of line. But the electric motor make, you know, I, dr- driving that Tesla and feeling that. Like that's just got to continue to be more and more of an advantage in what yeah. they do. All that stuff's heavily regulated, right? I, it, right Very. It, yeah. Right. The FIA is the uh, governing body of Formula One and very heavily regulated. And actually there's some new rules that were supposed to go into effect this year, but next year, like they're starting to enforce a salary cap because you have the top teams like Mercedes their budget's about $435 million a year. <laughs> um, and then you've got teams like a Williams and theirs is about 130 million a year, which obviously there are regulations on what the car can do in that. But obviously with those, you're putting that money to use in other places. So uh, yeah, that, so salary caps going into place, a lot of yeah. other rules yeah. are really cool. Kind of a nice break from NFL, NBA. I mean, there's no football oh, yeah. now, right? And so we're talking. I'm baseball. like itching for qualifying on Saturday. I've never like yeah. I, I've never been a race guy, Jim. But this is the first Grand Prix I'm going to be able to watch live, and I, I am so excited for well, for this weekend. One of the guys um, I found on YouTube around sports. I've never, and he's been around a while, but I just found him as John Boy. I don't know if you've ever heard of John Boy on YouTube. I haven't. No. Follows Major League Baseball. Um, finds the weirdest. He he likes to find the nit he, the nitpicky things that happens between players or umps and players or whatever and and really teases them out try and he does he does voiceovers of what the players are saying you know he slows it down and and says it kind of for them kind of thing and i went back he's been doing it a while and I, this is another one of those things i was like how did i miss j-o-m-b-o-y on youtube john boy and um just hilarious like Baseball is super boring. It is like I don't know why it's made it as long as it's had. It is one of the most boring sports ever. But he kind of makes it super interesting because he brings in all the personalities of it. And for a while he was going back to, I think during the pandemic, he was going back to games, you know, from like 2012 and 2013 and saying why things are the way they are. There's all these, I'm sure F1 is this way too. There's all these unwritten rules and all these team like friction yeah very teams. much so yeah right? yeah that's yeah. what you get from the show that you if you're just a new fan you don't pick up but when you watch the show you almost get indoctrinated into the culture of f1 before you even pick out who you want to be as your fan as your team or driver okay well it's on netflix and yeah what, netflix. what's it called it's called formula one drive to survive okay. um just search up search formula one or f1 on netflix I just, it, it was so funny. I had heard about it and I just started this 
It was last week because I think I had mentioned on the show last week, but uh, last ones I heard about it. And I heard about it from all of a sudden like three friends who all are not into motorsports within a week. I'm like, okay, this must be something good. And then I brought it up to another friend group. I sent out a text today. Actually, I was like, hey, if you guys haven't checked out the show and one of them was like, dude, I'm on season two, episode five. Like this is like addicting <laughs> and everyone now it's like all my friends are becoming F1 fans with me and it's a lot of fun. Well, that's cool. If you haven't checked it out yet and you're into that, give it a look. Um, well, I, maybe, my point is if you're not even into it, like I am not, yeah, I was not into yeah. racing, so yeah. I was not expecting to get into this. So first of all, yeah. maybe don't watch it if you don't want a brand new like fandom uh, hobby to watch because yeah. it's one of those yeah. you're going to get sucked in. Mike, we might have buried the lead on this. Of course, uh, this has happened. Uh, yeah. we, and that, this is... We have these color crazy iMacs. Apple's made some big announcements. Give us a, give us, I'm, I mean, I'm no Mac fanboy. I do own a Mac, but I'm no Mac fanboy. But, but what's going on over there? I mean, what, what's the best of what they've announced? Yeah. So, so what Apple did was they had a, they had an event and they had it back, um, I believe it was last week or the week before. And they had a few big announcements. And one of the biggest ones was obviously the iMac and their big changes to it. Um, what they did was really impressive internally in terms of obviously going to the M1 chip. Jim, you're, you're very used to that. Mm -hmm. Um, so performance wise, very good. The outside for me at least has extremely mixed reviews. Mm. Um, if, if you're an audio only listener, we're showing it on screen right now, but it is essentially a extremely large iPad, uh, with a very vibrant color, but only on the back, which is weird. A part of the computer you never see on a uh, desktop machine. And then uh, on a stand. And this thing is so thin that a lot of the internal parts that you would imagine got packed into the bottom. Uh, Marquez Brownlee from MKBHD, I don't know if he coined this term or, or, or not, but it's called like the chin of the iMac. And I believe in all this marketing, Jim, as this whole, as you've been on this screen, they have not showed the front because the front is ugly, ugly, ugly. They have the front, there it is. It has this massive chin underneath that is a different color. It's like a two-tone color from the color on the back. So a lot of people are like, oh, I'm gonna get the blue iMac. You're not getting that blue on the front. So it's got this massive chin on it. And they changed the bezels of the screen to white from black, making Mm. them way more noticeable when you're looking at this machine. So this machine, I mean, just to, just to tell you how thick it is, it is an iPad, literally a massive iPad thickness screen, so much so that to put it in perspective, the headphone jack on this thing, they actually had to put on the side of the computer, not the back, because the headphone jack is longer than the actual computer itself. So if you take your traditional headphone jack and look at it, um, this headphone jack is now longer than the actual computer. Why would uh, they actually? Why would they have put a, a headphone jack on this thing anyway? Like, I'm glad they did, right? right? But it's not Apple. It's definitely not Apple. Everyone expects them to go away from it. Yeah. But they've gotten away from so many things uh, from a headphone jack perspective. But think about it, Jim. Like on a desktop PC, we use the headphone jack a lot for you know, and and especially with the Mac being a content creation machine. There's a lot of input output that goes through uh, that headphone jack. So I'm glad they at least kept it. You know, I'm not knocking them there. Um, but I am very confused by 
this new look from I, you know, for a desktop PC, no one, I don't think there's anyone who cares how thick this thing is. Yeah. Um, I have an iMac right here that is from 2012, and I am still extremely impressed with its its dimensions. And so for me, I would have loved to see them get rid of that chin, make it just as thick, right? If, if, if you can do this style of machine with this thickness, imagine if you just like doubled it, tripled it, quadrupled it, I don't care, um, made it bigger, get rid of the chin, and, and really change those bezels. If you have to have bezels, change them back to black. I don't know why you would put white uh, bezels on an iMac, but I, I was just really confused with, with this product launch from Apple. Uh, Bust Out, who is listening to us over in Twitch, says colorful paperweights. Then he says, I kid mostly, but nothing I'd use. And yeah. we're looking at the back of it, Mike. It has a magnetic power mount, which was something Microsoft did in their in their very first Surface devices where you plug that in it snaps in and kind of gives you power and then four uh I, i'm assuming these are thunderbolt four ports in the back uh two are thunderbolt two are just usb-c okay okay so yeah yeah two yeah the two the USB-C. two lightnings those that's the thunderbolt four Correct. right and then the yep. two that are regular are just usb-c right so um so not bit... much io right i mean look at that there's no ethernet port on this thing um there's no usba uh, so it's the old school USB dongle. You'd use a dongle, right, if you needed it. Yeah, but again, like on a desktop, right? Like, <laughs> think about it, Jim. There's not even an HDMI port on that thing for like a second yeah. monitor. Now I know it's got the monitor built in, um, but you know, I think there's obviously a market for these type of machines, and I'm probably just just not it. Um, but you know, Tajoski uh, brings up a great point in chat. And he says, I'm far from an environmentalist, but in several years, the landfill will be full of these due to lack of repairability and right to repair. I totally agree. I mean, with with this style of machine, that's always been an issue with Apple, right? But even more so, as you start to get into things nowadays, um, GPU, RAM, hard drive, all of that uh, gets really hard to to get to and to, and to upgrade. So uh, this wasn't my favorite. Alternatively, Apple did come out with a product that actually gets made fun of a lot, but I find actually to be a pretty cool product, and that is Apple AirTags. So this was another part of their announcement. Uh, This has been rumored for a long time. I think there's there's been no surprise that AirTags came out. Uh, It's just that it took them this long to do it. Uh, But if you are uh, familiar with Tile um, and the, the brand Tile and then sort of tracking little devices, little dongle that you attach to keys or wallets or bikes or bags, whatever you want to do. Uh, This is essentially Apple's version of that. But what I like about what Apple has done is they've kind of taken it to the next level and they've uh, utilized, number one, they've thought of a lot of things that other companies haven't thought of. And number two, they utilize the power of the number of iPhones that are out in the world today. So with an AirTag, it's just like a tile device. So this is a little tiny tag that you would attach to your keys or your bag, your bike, whatever you want. Um, And they do have a lot of third-party as well as first-party accessories in terms of attaching these little tags. They're about the size of a quarter, um, and a, but they're a little thick for my liking, but actually for what they have in them, I, you know, I can understand why they're as thick as they are. Uh, but imagine a little quarter size device that you are going to put on things that you want to track. And this all comes back into the find me app that Apple has uh, really been kind of focusing on lately, which is kind of a surprise. 
Um, but this all integrates into the app. And what these devices do is they utilize a lot of the new technology that is within the iPhone 12 and iPhone 11 when it comes to Bluetooth and the different sensors they have in those. And it really does give you a really good experience when you know your keys are somewhere in your house, but you don't know where. Um, so you get out your phone and it kind of guides you to where those would be. It also has a built-in little speaker in there that can play a sound when you want to audibly know where those are. Uh, but the direction finding is actually really cool because that is a very unique experience to you fully utilizing all the sensors where it knows, hey, you're 20 feet away and it's to your right a little bit. Now, okay, now it's 15 feet away, straight ahead, 10 feet away, five feet away. You're here, right? Like you found it. So, so, so utilizing all the sensors, which is great. But the big benefit here is that when this thing gets lost, and that's really, you know, for me, 90% of the time probably is like, hey, my keys are buried in some couch cushion because my kids move them. Where are they? So that's how I would use it. But when this is lost, it can actually utilize any other iPhone that anyone has as they're walking by these devices. Now, Tile did the same thing. So Tile is obviously the, the, the probably the main company that we all think of when it comes to these little tracking tokens. And Tile had the similar functionality where if you were another Tile user and you walked by someone's Tile that had been marked as lost, it would report to your phone unknowing to the person which is good. Like if I am a tile user, I walk by someone's lost device. It doesn't tell me, Hey, there's a lost device next to you. It just utilizes my connection back to the network and lets them know of the location. Very similar, except for the fact that the number of iPhones in the world is a lot larger than the number of tile users in the world. So any iPhone user is going to be able to report back. And then what I thought was really cool is they did add in a lot of safety functionality here. So when you think of stalking being a big issue, um, you don't want these to be used. You know, Jim, uh, I'm really obsessed with you. I find you, I actually slip one of these into your work bag and you're carrying that work bag around with you. And now I know where you're going. Um, I don't know exactly how, if this part is strictly iPhone or Android, but if you have, I know for sure on the iPhone, if I'm walking around and there is a air tag that's following that is with me, that's not mine, it'll alert me on my phone saying, hey, this air tag that's not yours has been has been with you for an extended period of time, right? And so I think as of right now, that's just an iPhone feature, but I'm sure obviously with uh, they might implement that with something with Android. I'm not sure. But again, these sort of privacy things that are important uh, that really, when they announced this, I hadn't even thought of uh, are, are nice to see from them. I like on the website that we're showing on the video, it says AirTag is designed to discourage unwanted um, tracking. If someone else's Air AirTag finds its way into your stuff, uh, your iPhone will notice it's traveling with you and send you an alert. After a while, if you still haven't found it, the AirTag will start playing a sound to let you know it's there, which is that's pretty great, right? From that standpoint of like, okay, now, now it could be buried deep in something where you're not going to hear the sound and some of those kinds of things. But it's going to start letting your phone know, hey, you've got something that's traveling along with you, right? That's kind of the way it works. Yeah, and I'll want to hear the first story of the two people in the airport who had the identical kit bag that was checked and they grabbed the wrong bag at baggage claim. Um, and all of a sudden, like, oh, man, this bag is this thing's been alerting me that I have I have the wrong bag. And that's how they find out. Yeah, 30 bucks on these, Mike. Like, 
That's pretty. I, that's fairly. What what was the uh, what was the um, the other ones? Um, right around there, right around that price. Yeah. Uh, but the biggest benefit, and and Jim, how non Apple is this replaceable battery on these <laughs> things, which Tile does not have. Tile mm-hmm. has not. Tile has always been a landfill item where as soon as it runs out, you throw it away. Um, I had some of the original tiles and I loved them. I never replaced them after they went dead just because I was like, I'm not going to keep buying these year after year after year. So replaceable batteries on these gym where it gets a little bit expensive is the accessories. Uh, I actually did order one of these. I was going to do the four pack and I was like, let me just test one. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll probably let my wife use it. Honestly, she, uh, her keys have a lot more keys on them or maybe she'll want to put on her bag. I do wish this had a smaller form factor because the one item I always lose in my house is my wallet. Uh, but I run a minimalist wallet here and there's no way that thing's fitting on here. Um, but where it gets expensive is obviously you need something to attach it to, unless you're putting this in some sort of backpack or work bag, uh, for keys, for luggage, you'll likely want to get a little attachment. Uh, the cheapest one, the one that I ordered to test it with, there's a $15 Belkin little rubber, uh, with a little, um, lanyard to it essentially that's 15 bucks i grabbed that one just for testing i do really like the looks of the leather um little keychain fob so if i end up if i end up liking the air tag and going forward i'll probably end up getting that leather one uh but you're looking at essentially then 45 dollars if you're gonna attach this to something 45 dollars is the entry price uh if you get the cheapest belkin attachment for it uh 35 dollars or 29 for the device 15 for the attachment there's your there. Well, they have a some. They have a uh, twelve ninety five one. Oh, maybe but, that's what it was. Or you're right. It, it's actually the bottom one I got. The Belkin secure holder. It's for twelve ninety five, yep. not fifteen. Uh, key ring. Uh, Look at yeah, this. if you want to pay for the Hermes, <laughs> what's up with that? Four hundred and fifty bucks for a tag. Well, for a and, and especially Jim, if you compare that one to if you just go back to all the or go up. Yeah. That, that one on the right? Oh, nope, that's Hermes too. Go all the way yeah. up, I think. Is there some other ones? Uh, these are... Oh, go this... to AirTag Accessories on the left. On the okay. left side there. Click on that. Uh, I don't think the look is at all dissimilar to the Apple-branded one. Well, right there, there's one leather one for 40 which is the leather yeah. loop. Yeah. And for 35 right there, you can get the leather keychain. Man, this is uh, sell the blades cheap. And I've always wondered. Nailing yeah. you for the, for the handle, right? Yeah. I mean, and I don't know where oh. Hermes has been, but, you know, I do like how Belkin and them have. And I guarantee yeah. you on Amazon, there will be $5 ones oh, yeah. within three weeks. Ones for sure. Yeah. Like, it doesn't take much to, to create some things for this. So. No. Um, so you got one, you say you got one coming. Yeah. It, they're very delayed. Um, the holder, actually the tag is going to arrive three weeks before the holder. So the tag is going to arrive end of May and the holder will arrive mid May or sorry, mid June. So, uh, Jim oh, Shoemaker yeah. is wondering if it's pronounced Aramis. <laughs> it could be, it's, pronounced i don't care why is it so expensive <laughs> by 450 for- yeah they've had this with the apple watch they've had it with anything they can get leather on there's this Hermes, Hermes, whatever uh i do i Yikes. just don't get, I don't get why the cost Yikes. is so high. holy crap there's probably a story behind that brand that i just don't understand and don't care to understand but uh <laughs> i find it funny how expensive those are yeah, no, well, I, funny is, uh, I guess, in the eye of the beholder on this one, you know, that's 450 is a little, 
is a little insult. It's like an insult. Like, come on. But some you think somebody's gonna pay anyways. Okay. They well, do because you right. Like they wouldn't keep going if they hadn't they, sold Apple Watch bands for that uh, much. Okay. Yeah, I must have missed that. People memo. spend money on stupid <laughs> stuff. Jim. I must have missed that memo. I, I don't. I don't get it. I do love the idea of the uh, of the tag and what it can do. I was kind of thinking, when's the last time I lost something? And it's been a while, but then I we haven't gone out in a while. <laughs> You know, I'm right. kind of like when I was in Europe, I was losing stuff, you know, six years ago when I was in Europe with my mom, whatever that was, eight years ago. And, uh, you know, I was, I was leaving stuff all over the place because I was worried about my mom. So I was always worried about where she was at. And I was leaving phones on tables and backpacks in places, you know, kind of stuff. And so that would be, uh, you know, if you're, I think if you're highly mobile and you've got, you know, you, you've got stuff that, and not, listen, I am. I am prone to leaving stuff places. So I don't know, maybe when we start traveling again or when we start doing kind of that, it, it kind of makes sense. It fits in my ecosystem, right? I mean, with the iPhone and like, where did I put that thing? I don't have a gigantic house. So, you know, there's really only a few places my keys can be. Right. But I guess if you, you know, when I was running a lot, we had runners who would constantly, the key would pop out of their pocket uh, they drop it somewhere along the run and just think about it. You're on a six or a 10 mile run. You put your keys in your pocket. When you first started, you go to finish and grab them and you're like, Oh crap, I've been on trails. I can't get to, you know, and, 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 and am I seriously going to have to go back and walk And you're, you just got done. You know, you're yeah. thinking, Oh man. So that's a scenario. That's a real world scenario where I would say, you know, having a tag on your keys, if that's something you're carrying while you're running or biking, you know, or whatever, that's a real world scenario where that stuff could fall out and having the ability to have everybody's iPhone become a finder for you is pretty great, right? So I lose it. I turn it on. All of a sudden now, anybody that gets in the vicinity of it becomes a locator for me, right? Right. And and then it alert me, hey, it's in this area. I imagine then once that person leaves that area, I can't use it. But as I get closer to it, then at least I could get on my phone the ability to be like, okay, it's in this area somewhere. Yeah, that's where it right? uses. And I, I should have looked it up. Whatever sensor that is in the iPhone 11 or 12 um, proximity sensor. And maybe it's Bluetooth, secure Bluetooth. Yeah. But, but maybe, and which is not very far, just to be honest. Like Bluetooth. No, it's about 35 feet yeah. for. What I've seen is 30 to 35 feet is the directional. It'll lead you to where it's at. Um, and I think of that as like you dropped your keys in a field while you were running <laughs> and I can't see them and I need to be within 30 yeah. feet. And then you're yeah. kind of during direction found. And it's right there. Yeah. Uh, I've had this, Jim, I've had this happen on a golf course, right? Yeah. Where I've had stuff bump out of the golf cart and my keys or my phone or my wallet is there. I really do think that they'll end up coming out with thinner versions. Um, Jim, I want them to make their Apple card an air tag because how great would that be? Cause I am constantly, my wallet for me is something that this card. Yeah. That you've never <laughs> taken out. I love it. Cause I've never, I, I don't have MasterCard, And so wherever MasterCard's is taken, I'm an American express guy and this is my secondary card. Yeah. Um, I've, I've literally never taken the card out of the thing it came in. I just don't, I, I make payments on the, uh, on the, uh, the, the mini 
and yeah. it's good enough. Yeah, no, you're right, Mike. That's uh, in this form would be a good form. Right, it would, and Tile's already done it, so I know it's capable. It will not be a battery user-replaceable item, uh, which I think is what they wanted to focus on here, but it would be a good addition to the lineup. What kind of battery does it use? One of those little, 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 little tiny ones? No, the nickel-sized okay. um, CR C23, C023, yeah, yeah no, whatever I, that I know is. What talking about. Yeah, thin, real thin, but a, a, about the size of a penny or a nickel. But, yeah, about the size of a penny yeah. or a nickel, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. It, uh, that is that's kind of cool. I, I I think that's one of those kinds of things. I, I'm not biking or running anymore, but that would definitely be one I would put on. You know, maybe my key ring, because I would I, I I've never lost keys, but man, I tell you what, I have I have come across people who have, and it sucks. You yeah, know, they're they're like they just have this look of frustration in their eyes and like, hey. It's a long shot. Have you seen any, you know, have you been on the trail? Have you seen any keys? And I just think, oh God, that sucks. You yeah. know, so to be able to pull out your phone and at least make some, you know, make, make some guess of where it's at. Maybe even it would remember the last place it saw it, which would, which would be, you know, yep. You left him back here. Like how great could that be? So super cool. Well, lots of anything else in that an Apple announcement that was interesting at all? No, the 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 summary of the iPad announcement is that iPads are extremely overpowered for the operating system that runs them. Uh, I'm very excited oh, yeah, for the day yeah, that yeah. Apple really makes the iPad like the Surface, where you can run full Mac OS on it. But for right now, the is iPads are chip, right? It's an M1 chip. And and just how sad is that that you're running this overpowered thing on a operating system that totally hobbles, in my opinion, the iPad. Uh so fantastic performance theoretically. Um, and I really wish Jim, I was actually this this leads into a conversation that I'd will have at a future date, but I would love to run my day-to-day work that I do on my on an iPad. And for me, it's just not doable right now. Uh, because I need probably full Mac OS to really do what I do on a daily basis on those days where I just need to pull up the, you know, pull up the Excel sheet, run in desktop mode for a little bit. Cause that's what I'm used to run it. And it's just with the M one chip. It's like, why not guys? Why not make this like the surface where be an iPad OS for the most part, I need the full power of Mac OS. Let me switch over a little bit. Uh, again, I, I'm, I'm confused. I don't know where Apple stands and Jim, I, I was supposed to be the Apple guy, uh, but I got to be honest. I've just, I'm not, I'm not like in alignment it. with where they're going right now. I like it. How long before the M one gets in the phone? Oh, n- um, next year. Yeah. No, nah, and no, no, it won't be next year. Apple has historically done that with mobile. Um, and again, Jim, it comes down to like, why put it in there? It's iOS. I mean, you're not going to be doing like the 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 A whatever A12, A13, whatever whatever their, chip we're on. Is that their here. chip? Yeah, it's yeah, their okay. chip in, yeah, in the Apple sense. phone. Yeah, like well, you know, you're you're limited by the OS at that point. And right. again, for right. me on on iPad, that's what you're done. So that's okay. what they've done. So yeah, we'll see where they go with it. I hope they open it up in the future to be more of a Mac OS experience on those iPads. I mean, your iMac is an iPad. Look at that thing. It's a big iPad mm-hmm. <laughs> without touch capability. <laughs> so uh, why not fully align all these devices? Well, 
I can't remember the last time I thought I wish I had an iPad. That's the thing. Like, you know, oh, I wish I had an iPad here. How ironic is it that you said, I wish they were like the surface. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, my God. But oh, for, for where they're at. Yeah, right. Because, right, OK, right. I have to admit, this iPad comes with me everywhere. Love this iPad. Yeah. Um, this is a really old, cheap one from uh, when did I start at my uh, three years ago? I got this three years ago. Love it. I use it for media consumption. It's good for what it's good at. But my point is why keep putting better and better chips in these things if I can't even use the power of it? Right. I would love this thing to run macOS. And now give me a processor that can do it, but I'm still limited by iPad OS. I'm just confused. Maybe it's coming. Maybe that'll be an an upgrade. I think it is. That's that's my hope is that essentially iPad becomes your mobile experience because they keep they integrated a better keyboard this time with the iPad Pro. So they're like they're making strides here. They're like, "Hey, your iPad Pro is a really good keyboard now. Wouldn't you want this to replace your MacBook Pro that has this is the same processor that you're paying more for in your in your MacBook." And you're like, "Yeah, you're right. I would love to use that as my full-time mobile yeah. machine." Like, yeah. so I am waiting for yeah, that. Here's a software update. Yeah, boom. exactly. You're it's in. all they have to do at yeah. this point. Be a good form thing. factor for it for sure, and it would be a surface, which is ironic. Like yeah. It, at that point, it would be a surface and, you, would. you know, you'd buy a really expensive keyboard just like you did for the surface. It would have very well, few connectors just yeah. like you did for the surface. But it way would, cheaper you know, the, for the performance though, right? Oh, Think about sure. it. For that no, M1 for sure. chip on the for iPad sure. price, you're like, wow, yeah. this is actually cheap for the processing power. I just can't use the processing power. Yeah. Jo- Joe does make a point, Mike, that it would mean touch on Mac OS which probably is not going to happen. Or maybe this touch is disabled at that point, right? You're just using it as a screen. Doesn't mean touch has to work when you're in iPad mode. I mean, I, couldn't you see a world where you, they, they'd have you, you could switch between the two, you know, use it like an iPad, use it yeah. like a Mac. And actually, I don't, I don't see at this point why you, like, I agree they haven't done touch on a Mac yet, but have you seen all the like uh, the the gestures on the trackpad for Mac yeah, are extremely yeah. advanced, yeah. and I think it's very easy to take those and port those over. I I don't think they would have an issue with it. Um, historically, they have, but yeah, I think I think they've been waiting to this point, Jim. Like yeah. this is my point. If in the next year they don't make this happen, they're not going to. Because at this point, your iPads have the same exact processor that yeah. your mainstream yeah. desktops have. So let's just make it happen. Let's, or let's your do it. It's it's yeah why, yeah why why not it's one how much memory is coming in those those iPads it's a great question I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head okay okay I imagine it's the same configuration eight or sixteen gig of RAM right and again I wouldn't expect to edit a video on this iPad I just want but to be could. able to <laughs> but you could yeah I want to be able to switch over to Mac OS to do some things that doesn't really work well in iPad OS then switch back over for me my daily job right now. 90% of it can be done on my phone. Right. There's this 10% that I need and is just a better experience on the desktop. And that's why I still run a Windows desktop or Windows laptop uh, for work. But, you know, a lot of my day is Zoom. A lot of my day is OneNote taking notes. A lot of my day is, you know, you know, presentations and stuff like that, which works okay. But there's this extra 10% that's just like, ah, it's not as, not as great of experience. Well, since I've come home, like the phone rarely gets used. I mean, it's, I'm down here. I've got, I have seven PCs at my disposal. Why would I use a phone? 
And so it just doesn't get, I'm not listening to as many podcasts. I'm not taking as many pictures. I'm not traveling as much. I'm not navigating as much. All those things that I would use my phone for. I just am not. And it's, it's okay, iPhone. I still love you. But, but you know, it's, I'm just not using it uh, kind of as much as I used to. And which could be good or bad in the sense that it's not like I'm not, it's, there's not wear and tear on it. This thing could last me a while. Although I think I'll probably trade it. I'll do the same thing I did the last time is wait till just the last possible moment, trade that sucker in. Sammy's dealing with that right now. She really abused her phone. So it's not worth much on the trade in. And so she's kind of like, and I'm, this is time for her to get her own phone and plan and like, Okay, college is over. Let's <laughs> right. Let's do some things. And she knows she's been a good she's been a good sport about it. So, um, Mike, a couple announcements, and we'll talk a little bit. Why don't we talk about this safe moon in the post show? What do you what, what do you think about that? Can yeah, you, or even hang? we can save that for a future show. There's uh, a lot to be determined there. So yeah, let's let's let's, let's save that, that. show. Let's we'll talk a little bit about the post show. If you're a Patreon subscriber, uh, you can get the post show. Or, through your Patreon feed. So we'll put that out there. If you're not just head out to our live page, the average guy TV on YouTube, and you can get them. Uh, you can get us there as well. If you're not a Patreon subscriber and you want to be the average guy.tv slash Patreon, uh, Mike, um, one more thing, um, maybe two on this one is, um, uh, last week I threw it in the discord group, uh, four o'clock on Saturday. So 4 PM central on Saturdays. I'm kind of reserving as a get together. I kind of said it's a, you know, it's a cigar moment, but you don't have to have cigars to be a part of it. I think I'm just going to start opening for a while, 4 p.m. Central. If you want to join us in Discord, I will start a Discord video channel. Is that what you call it? What do you call it on Discord? That's what I was wondering. Is that, uh, are you using the voice channels or do you need some? I'm using the video channel. So I just went down. Oh, there's video channels now. Yeah, it works great. It's cool. It's actually really awesome. John, my son came over. Didn't know I was, I had scheduled this thing on Discord last week. I just pinged Oh, yeah, voice, video. Okay, so they're called voice channels. Yeah. So are you going just open chat and yeah, voice channels? Yeah, open chat on the Okay, open so we already have it. that. And, and by the way, you guys are always welcome to jump in there whenever you want. Utilize those channels as someone in the community, you guys want to chat with stuff. Hop into open chat. It's it's open 99.9% of the time, so use Probably going to be too late if you're listening to this non-live. You already missed the Saturday one because I don't push this thing out till, oh, it's usually one o'clock on Saturday. Maybe not that late, but for the next couple of weeks, maybe three, four, five weeks, I'm going to try this Saturday, 4 p.m. Central, just get together. Uh, I'll probably have a cigar. Maybe sometimes I won't, but um, just just an open video channel for you to jump in. Uh, if you haven't joined us in Discord yet, head out to theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. Jump in there and love to have you join us uh, for these. I'll have a cigar if you want to have one. If you want to have a cocktail, if you want to have a soda, doesn't matter. Just come out there. We'll be around four to five. Just a chance to kind of hang out and, uh, and you know, uh, do what do what we do, you know, talk tech or whatever. I'm going to be on the patio or I'm going to be on the deck and I uh, would love to have you join us. So if you want to do that, 4 p.m.s and I'll announce it in, um, uh, in Discord as well. If I'm going to miss one, I'll let you guys know um, as well. And then one more thing, Mike, before we go. So, uh, been, I've been for, for whatever reason, I got started looking at the Ford Mustang Maki. No, that's not what they call it. They call it the, 
Uh, what do they call this thing? Hold on. I wrote it in the notes. Yeah, it is a Mach-E. I had that right. That didn't sound right coming out of my mouth. But uh, the Ford Mustang is an all-electric vehicle now in this Mach-E. And Leo Laporte's got one and has been raving about it at this point. Same kind of price point as the Tesla. Um, I haven't been a big fan of Ford over the last 10 years on my end, but was kind of like, oh, this might be worth looking at, right? Um, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm going to buy one, but it's certainly right now we're on the cusp of a lot of manufacturers coming out with their own EVs. I think we're going to see some rebates uh, here, maybe towards the second half of the year. I got to kind of give it a look, don't I? I mean, it's, you it's have to. I mean, it's Mustang, called due but... diligence. You got to look yeah. into all the different options here to make sure you're making the right decision. <laughs> um, so, Joe, so, okay. So, I told this to my <laughs> wife. <laughs> I told this to my wife at dinner tonight. I was like, hey, I'm looking at this Ma- this Mustang Mach E, and she, I show it to her, and she goes, you can't, you got to see my face on video. She goes, now she's a huge Mustang fan. Huge okay. Mustang fan. So, she was like, that's not a Mustang. <laughs> I was like, I know, but they're calling it a Mustang. Joe in chat says it's an abomination that they call it a Mustang. They actually, in, in, in one of the ads, I saw they call it an SUV, which is really weird. It must be on an SUV. Wait, okay. now, I've, now I've got to look this up because no, honestly, it, this is the first time I've been hearing of this. So Yeah, Mustang Mach-E is what's M-A-C-H-E. Uh, I guess we could uh, we could bring this yeah, up. Yeah, they are calling it as you can. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like oh. Um, Jim, I don't know. Um, but what 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 don't you? What are you saying you don't know about? Like the look. What, really? You think it's like okay? I had this same. Like we joked about the tr- the Tesla truck being ugly, but it's so ugly it's cute. You, <laughs> like, you, it's so you, ugly it's cool. This is just. Ooh, I don't know. Do you think this is better looking than that truck? Here, I'll I, bring it up. I'll wait, bring it up on is, Okay. The truck was so unique that we all give it a pass on if we want to drive it, you're driving it for the uniqueness of driving a truck. You're right. This thing, and, and maybe it's because they called it a Mustang. Maybe that's why I'm having this reaction. They just shouldn't have done that because this thing is either the ugliest Mustang I've ever seen or... Yeah, mm. <laughs> it is. Mm. It is weird looking, isn't it? Right. Well, it's just not a Mustang. They should have yeah. they because right. that's what got my brain thinking. This is going to be like a cool looking sports car, e car, and it is not that. This looks like a cross between like a minivan and a Mustang. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it, I don't know. It's it's not for me. Does not it look like? The, sure. Does it look like the Tesla Y Model Y? In some re- I, it, it's kind of bubbly like that. I'm trying to decide my brain right now if it ruined it for me because you said Mustang, so I had expectations coming in. Yeah, well, and I then think it everybody just told, yeah, yeah. because I had the same reaction as your wife, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Which was Sarah's response of, mm-hmm, oh, like don't call yourself a Mustang. I don't know. Okay, that color doesn't look as bad. There's certain yeah. angles it doesn't look as bad. That's and it's so not, a, it's not an ugly car. I'll say that it's not an ugly no. car. It's just not a no. Mustang. 
right? They no. should not have put the Mustang label on this thing. What 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 do you what should they have called it? I mean, it's a well, flag. Just come up with an own come up with its own name. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just not thing. a Mustang. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, look at that one. Look at this green. Okay, but see, why does that look so different than the other models? Yeah, are there literally different? Well, I think these could. Like, well, it's yes, out. That, you can yeah. get one of these. So, like, you, you got to like see a little hatchback, right? Like a little. Ha- it that's is. That's a right? terrible. That's a terrible. Like, if this is the light blue. I'm looking at a picture of a light blue one. That is a terrible looking. Okay, car but that that body shape is different than the one you show, like Think the so. yellow one. So Think I'm wondering. So. I could be yeah. showing. Uh, let's see if they have. I could be showing different. No, I could be showing different cars. It's too. not an ugly car. It's just not a Mustang. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it, it's an interesting. It was just one of those things. I'm like, well, I think I got to look at this thing. You know, if yeah. I'm going to listen, if I'm going to go with the Tesla Y, which is kind of the current version I'm thinking of right now, if the incentives came out today and the truck was not available, I would probably go with a Y. But uh, this fall, especially for the model year 2022, I think we're going to see some new options. And I think there's going to be some companies that are uh, including, I, I think we're going to see a Ford F-150 truck that comes out. That's it's funny you said, because I was just going to say, looks-wise and brand-wise, I would go with the Tesla, Jim. And that's coming from a guy who's considering an F-150. Like, I'm not against Ford. I, I have historically, I've been a Chevy guy, but I've put aside all those childhood nonsense. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, you know what, let's just look at it. Let's look at it what it is. Um, so the Ford F-150, I'd be really intrigued to see. But I'm now I'm scared. If they called that a Mustang, I'm scared to see what their electric truck is if they call it an F-150. Do, do you think they... Uh, t- They're not going to make it look like a Tesla truck. I hope well, that. Tim says friends don't let friends drive Mach-E's. Um, And I appreciate that, Tim. Friends so. don't let friends drive Fords either. That's the joke, <laughs> no. right? If you're a Chevy guy, like, and I've historically been, but again, you got to take it for what it is. Nowadays, the world is just flipped. And it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. You got to take each one. Sarah's, on uh, Sarah's dad worked for Ford. And so we, for a bunch of years, 35 years. So she's so, a real Mustang fan. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, and we even bought our very first, I mean, I bought a Ford focus back when they changed the focus model completely. Like it was, you just didn't even know it was a new, I think an Oh three, I bought a focus and it was a sharp little car. Now I wasn't, it looked great. I wasn't, that they last forever. Well, I wasn't that excited. No, I don't. Well, I don't oh, know. My wife's one lasted. Really? My wife drove a Focus for. I mean, gosh, huh? that thing had been old, and it just lasted forever. It needed brakes at thirty, and I was like, okay, uh, I'm no, I'm not saying it wouldn't have lasted forever. Maybe it was just the brakes that were that were bad. But I was kind of like, we traded it in on our Windstar, and uh, and so. <laughs> Joe says Chevy's still come with puppies to keep you company on the on the, <laughs> the walk. The funny part is that's not far off from my Chevy Traverse. The, We've had a lot the, of problems with that. So I should probably stop. And that's why I say nowadays you just gotta evaluate each car on its own. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Um, you know, certainly um I got I gotta consider it will be interesting to see what the truck line from Ford looks yeah. like. Because I'll be honest, I'd like a more traditional looking truck than a, than that cyber truck. And I mean, the Cybertruck looks cool. I, I thought it was ugly when it first came out. I'm willing to take it because I'm thinking about buying it. So you, it kind of it kind of changed me a little bit. You want bit. the like, truck oh. capabilities with some 
you know, yeah, electric benef- yeah. benefits. So. Yeah, I'd kind of like the, the GMC kind of is the only one really, unless I, I am way behind on on car news. But GMC, their new electric truck looks amazing, like <laughs> fantastic. Like I, that's probably because mm-hmm. I'm to the point now, Jim, where I'm like. I've had the same Jeeps that I've had since high school. Like, why not ride that thing out for a few more years yeah, and really get to yeah. a cool EV truck? Right. right, um, right. And, and find one, because that's what I want, right? I need a truck. And so we'll see. If, if the technology is there, that's what I'm going to do. Joe's trying to back out now. He says, I kid, of course. And yeah, well, the funny part is you weren't far off because my Chevy Traverse, we love the Traverse. Like, love it. But maintenance-wise, it's had some issues. So. Yeah. Well, the other thing is that we're, we're pretty loyal to Subaru because we have a Subaru and just love it. It 60-some thousand on her Outback, and I love that Outback. Great car. I just don't know if I want to be – like, I keep cars forever. I don't know if I want to – I don't know if I want to die in that car. Well <laughs> – okay that's possibility and i don't know if i want a gas car that long like i'm kind of thinking like i'd like to get in you that's know my electric, right? yeah. at this point so um but honda is another i mean i got a quarter of a million miles on my civic if they came out with a civic a true ev from honda you know i have the hybrid mm, not even close and so you're kind of like if they had a true electric vehicle that had it was close to what they're doing with Tesla. Now, Tesla's got such a, a, a jump start on everybody in this space. Okay, right? that's my question. And I have to ask this question. I don't know if you know the answer to this. My concern about buying an EV car now is the batteries are going to be like the battery in my iPhone. <laughs> and yeah. in a few years, the yeah. charge isn't going to last. Yeah. Like, is this a point where, Jim, maybe you're right, but or maybe we do buy one more gas car? And then it gets us through this next battery stage evolution. Right. And it's like, oh, we found out that in five years, those battery cars, you need to replace the whole battery. And that's yeah. $30,000. What I don't want to run into is this first stage. I don't, I just don't know when these stages right. are with electric vehicles. Right. So do we buy one more gas? Do we go electric? When's that time? Um, Elon says 10 years on those batteries. And, you know, I got that's 100. not a long time. Well, I got a hunt from, for a lot of people. It's the, it's the, that's the life of the car for them. You know, I got a hundred thousand really? miles. I, oh yeah, for sure. There's a lot of folks who still who are They keep it for, for five to seven years and then they're, they're trading out and, oh, and moving okay. on. Um, a lot of the folks I know, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm one of the few in my, in my own group that keeps cars. You, you're an exception. You've got, you know, you, yeah. you've had the Jeep. I got a 13 year old car. My Jeep is 2008. As, so. yeah, as long you've had that your Jeep about as long as I've had the. And Civic. it feels new still. Like yeah. my Jeep feels great. Yeah, it drives great. It. I haven't put nothing into it. Right. Um, Which yeah. is amazing for a Jeep, just to be honest. Uh, I think Jeeps are good. Yeah. Jeeps last. Okay. All right. If you want to <laughs> believe you that. Say? Whatever you say, huh? Tim, okay. <laughs> Tim says, no, it's, it, it's, it's real experience. I'm not, uh, Tim says, uh, 250,000 miles. Uh, I'm with Tim. Yeah. Tim and I are together oh, on that. I've got 200,000 on my Jeep. I love it. Well, the great news, I don't have to make a decision, but I'm just, I'm going to continue to talk about this just because I think, to your point, Mike, we're at that point. Like I, I'm thinking about those batteries too. And yeah, we're at a hard like, stage. You know, that's in okay. When I had to replace the batteries in my Civic, different kind of battery technology in those days. Not the Tesla batteries you're building, a little bit different. Oh, about three thousand. So you know, like 
I don't, you said 30. I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration. I think we're looking at 2,500 to $5,000 to replace. Those yeah. Batteries, right. Right. Um, but that kind of feels like an engine replacement, you know, cost. If I were to blow yeah. an engine on a vehicle and I took it in, which nobody does anymore, they just replace the car, right? There's, it's too yeah. complicated, but you kind of feel, you know, and then on the other side of it, you think, you know, Elon's just crazy in thinking about some of these things. And he has all this future stuff already built into the vehicle. So, you know, you're like, ah, I don't know. So the good, yeah, that's what I like about Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of engineering stuff already built in. Yeah. And, you know, I've been hearing, so I've been taught, I've been, I've been really interested in the whole home sun, right? Panels, battery bank in the home scenario doing solar in the home right, right and but everyone in the forums all i keep reading is don't invest in a battery bank right now because battery technology we're literally in this stage of you wait just a few years and you're you'll have a much better experience and so i just equate that in my mind of okay if people are saying that about battery banks in the home are they saying that about battery banks in the car yeah. i don't know yeah yeah okay yeah. It's a fun time. No, right on. It, it's it's what what's what's coming in. And I in Nebraska hasn't been necessarily the most favorable state for these kinds of things. So, you know, are we gonna get bit on that end too? So we, we got a lot of things. Well, we uh we'll see. I'm not I don't have to buy anything at this point, which is super awesome. And uh and I'm not you know, I get to kind of continue to talk about this. If you got feedback for me, if you got ideas, whatever. Um, you can send me an email, Jim at the average guy.tv. If you want to kind of talk a little bit about it, I'm pretty short in emails just to be hundred percent honest, but you can send those to me. A couple of reminders before we go. One, if you want to join us on Patreon and why wouldn't you want to do that? The average guy.tv slash Patreon gets you in uh, the club there. Join our discord group, the average guy.tv slash discord. You can leave us a voicemail like Kyle did um, today. Homegadgetgeeks.com. We love your voicemails. I'd even love some funny, silly ones. If you just wanted to leave some crazy, I'd play them if they're appropriate and, uh, and jump in there. The average guy, uh, no, that's the wrong one. Homegadgetgeeks.com gets you there. And we'd love to have your voicemails again. Contact me, Jim at the average guy.tv. Follow me on Twitter at Jay Collison. Uh, Uyghur is at Uyghur tech. Of course, the average guy.tv platform, both web and media hosted by Maple Grove partners get secure, reliable, High-speed hosting from you know from people that you know and you trust. And, of course, as Christian, visit maplegrovepartners.com to get, uh, I think, some of the best hosting that's around. Plans start as little as $10 a month to get you in there. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live, forward slash live. Mark Robson is back next week. It'll be all barbecue. McCabe, Dave McCabe from Reset, is coming uh, the week, the 13th, the week after that. And uh, we're going to, Mike, it's all woodworking. Like, we're going to talk tools, saws. Yeah. I I'm so good. down for that, Jim. I, I got a brand you. new one for my birthday, and I've been using the crud out of it. I, I know. McCabe's yep. gotten into woodworking. He is crazy. I know you're doing it as well. I yep. think it's a good time to talk about this because. It's a great time. Wood is ridiculous. no one can afford. <laughs> I was no. going to say, because we all can't afford to do our projects anyway. Yeah. Well, but but doing it like I think the cost of the the high cost of wood is going to make its way into all furniture and furniture is going to get priced just ridiculous. Right. Yeah. And so if you want. My parents are looking to move and the price of oh. housing is insane it's to build just, new. Yeah. They want to build up here and yeah, just no. absolutely insane. No, you're not building. 
Not right now. Yeah. You're not building. I so. heard actually they caught a really big smuggling ring though. They caught about 3.5 billion of wood smuggled inside of cocaine. So it was uh <laughs> it was very very interesting with that bust. They had smuggled yeah. the wood inside. Yeah. That is so You guys get it. You guys get it. I appreciate that. That was really good, Mike. No, I didn't know where you're going with that. I was like that's that's pretty good. We are live every Thursday at PM Central 9 Eastern. We'll do a little quick post-show because uh, I've got to call it 10, but little post-show as we talk about Safe Moon and the craziness behind that. With that, we'll say goodbye, everybody. <laughs>